somebody says, let's say this together. Our Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ alone. There is no confusion. There is no contradictions in this atmosphere. There is light. There is clarity. There is illumination. Everyone can behold him as we see ourselves in him. Your name alone is glorified. And we are edified. Amen. Alright. Let there be light. Let's continue our series on let there be light. Genesis 1. Genesis 1. We started a series last week. And we are studying and approaching Let There Be Light. And I've always taught us that in studying the scriptures, we must have a proper context of the scriptures. What is the scripture saying? What is the mind of the author? What is the background of the author what is what is the scripture saying you and i must come to a place of a proper understanding because a lot of us have read the scriptures wrongly and we have formed the scriptures to a storybook or to a book where you want to learn fictions and stories and all of those things but now let's look at the scriptures genesis 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. He now says in verse 2 that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In verse 3, he says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Last week we said, when he says without form and void, it meant thohu bohu. That is nothing, nothing. And it says the Spirit of God moved upon the surface of the water. Now we are using the Hebrew to translate because we are reading from the Old Testament. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. The New Testament is written in Greek. So when we are to study, we study contextually what it is saying. So when it says the Spirit of God is talking about the Hebrew word Elohim Ruach, which implies the wind, the breath. So, and we said that when he says life and darkness, we said when, it's, when the Spirit of God was saying life and darkness or heaven, we said heaven is the immaterial world, while the earth is the material world. So, when he says darkness was upon the face of the deep, we said last week that darkness upon the face of the deep was to explain the state of a man without the Spirit of God. And we said darkness is a spiritual reality. Darkness is not physical. It's not saying, um, thorn on the RGE and let there be light. You know, I told you last week, I said, a lot of us have read that scripture. And we thought when it says, God said, let there be light. He simply was saying, thorn on the light. That God just appeared from somewhere. And he just said, now, let there be light. And suddenly, RG brought the light. <laughs> no. Darkness is a spiritual reality. It is used to explain the state of a man without the Spirit of God. And we saw some scriptures last week. Look at in John 8. Let me show you a couple of them again before we proceed. So I can just walk some of you through. John 8, 
John 8, verse 12. Let's start from there. John 8, verse 12. Look at, look at it. John 8, verse 12. You do so well to open your Bibles this morning so that you can follow me because I have a lot to share. Amen. John 8, verse 12. It says, Then speak Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So he used the word, shall not walk in darkness. That's a spiritual reality. He's not talking about something physical. You will see in Ephesians 5 verse 8. Look at Ephesians 5 verse 8. Ephesians 5 verse 8. You're going to open a lot of text today. Oh, sorry. I mean, when you come to church, the church is like a Bible school where you come to learn God's word. Mm. Look at Ephesians 5 verse 8. It says, are you there? I'll wait for you. Ephesians 5 verse 8. It says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So he wasn't talking about something physical. It was talking about a spiritual reality. It says darkness. It says you were sometimes darkness. And it's referring to the state of a man. Look at it. 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5. Look at what it says in verse 4. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 4. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 4, are you there? It says, But ye brethren are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. It says, You brethren, because he's talking to Christians, and he says, You are not in darkness. In says in verse 5, Ye all are children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So, darkness is a spiritual reality. The state of a man without the Spirit of God. You see, in 1 John 5, 1 John, 1 John 1, sorry. 1 John 1, 1 John 1, verse 5. 1 John 1, verse 5. 1 John 1, verse 5. It says, This then is the message that we have heard of him, and to declare to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. So if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So he says, this is the message that God is light and in him there is no darkness. If he says, in also says verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So, Darkness is a spiritual reality. It's the state of a man without the spirit of God. So as we said, heaven was to explain God, his words, his actions, and thought it, and the Bible thought it as light. And we say earth is to explain the deep, the waters, and to explain man that is the state of a man without the spirit of God. So when he says in Genesis 1 that darkness was upon the face of the deep, he wasn't talking about a physical darkness. No. It was a spiritual reality. So, and he says the Spirit of God 
moved upon the face of the waters. The word spirit of God in the Hebrew is from the word Elohim Ruach. It means the wind, the breath, and the voice of the Lord. It moved. Look at, look at in correlation in Genesis 3 verse 8. Look at Genesis 3 verse 8. I'm still trying to do a recap from last week. Genesis 3 verse 8. It says, And they heard the voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife eat themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. That word in the cool of the day is from the Hebrew word ruach. That is the voice of the Lord was walking in the cool of the day. So that means it is synonymous to what it was saying in Genesis 1. So when it says the voice of the Lord, now let's look at the voice of the Lord quickly. I explained this last week, but just for some of you who were not here last week. Let's look at the voice of the Lord. Observe something in Genesis 3 verse 8. It says, they heard the voice of the Lord. In verse 9, it says, the Lord God called Adam and said, where are thou? In verse 10, he said, and I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. In verse 12, he says, and the man said, the woman which thou gave me with me, the woman which thou gavest me to be with me, she gave me the tree, and I did eat. Observe their response. God said to Adam, he said, that to the heard a voice. The word voice is from the Hebrew word koit, Q-O-Hel. And it is vital for us to understand certain things in this place. It says they heard their voice. What did God tell Adam? Look at in verse 17. It says, and Adam is said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, thou hast eaten the tree which, thou hast, which I have commanded thee. And it says, saying thou shalt not eat of it, cause be the ground for thy sake, and sorrow... And in sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. So now, he says, he called Adam. The word called Adam means A-M-A-R, Amar in the Hebrew. And it, in, and it means to offer. That is to offer something, like an utterance. To offer something. So, when we read in Genesis 1, I explained this last week, you can lay your hands on that. When we read in Genesis 1, it says... And God said, let there be light. We can safely say God authored a statement. God authored an utterance. So the very first utterance of God was light. I'll say it again. The very first utterance of God was light. That is the very first spoken word was light. In verse 8 in Genesis 3, I want you to follow this carefully. It's going to make sense now. It says they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. And Adam eat himself. In verse 9, it says, God called unto him. In verse 10, it says, and they heard thy voice. So they heard something. So in other words, Adam hid himself from the voice of God. Adam eat. So and don't forget. When we were explaining something last week, we said that God's utterance is what? The light. That is, the first thing God authored was light. So, and God has commanded man to not eat of something and they've been hearing the voice of the Lord. 
Watch something carefully. So now, Adam hid himself from the voice of the Lord. We can safely call the voice of the Lord the light. Adam hid himself from that light. Because in Genesis 1, look at in that Genesis 1. In Genesis 1 it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Remember, we already said to them, we said darkness is a spiritual reality, right? That is the state of a man without Christ. The state of a man without him being born again. Are you getting what I'm saying now? If you understand it to this point, let me see your hands. All right, good. Now, he now says, and God said. Now, I've been trying to explain that God said. God said is an utterance. That is the very first utterance of God was light. The very first statement, the very first, um, um, the very first word spoken was light. So we read in Genesis 3, verse 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, how, God's, how they heard God's voice, how they heard God's speech, how they heard God's statement. So when Adam was to hear a voice, he was hearing his light. He was hearing his spirit. He was hearing his promise. It's going to make sense now. So in Genesis 2 verse 16, Genesis 2 verse 16, he says something, he told them something. He said, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. And as says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day which thou shalt eat that it, thou shalt surely die. Now, don't forget, this is what God said to them, right? This is what God said to man, right, guys? Right? So now, recall, we said in Genesis 1 that what God said was called light, right? Now, in Genesis 2 verse 16, he was now giving them an instruction. Don't eat of the tree. Don't eat of this. Now, watch carefully. So the voice of the Lord is the voice of promise. The voice of the Lord is the voice of God's promise. So when we read Genesis 1 verse 1 to 3, when it says, let there be light, it is speaking about his promise. What he has promised that he will do to man. Remember, he saw man in his state, which is darkness. Right? He said he saw the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So he saw man's state, then he uttered a voice. And he authored a statement. And that statement was, let there be light. That let there be light statement is his promise. What he would do to man. I'm not feeling like following me. That let there be light is his statement. What he intended to do to cure that darkness. Are you getting me now? Are you following me? So when he says, let there be light, it's like saying, I'm seeing Sister Tumiche here, and I'm saying, your hair is black, and I want it to be white. And I'm saying, let there be light. You know, it's not going to turn white immediately. It's going to take time, and we have to go and polish it. I think this, this, the way they do all this wig, they wash, they, they, they dye, they bleach the wig. What? I've never been a woman before. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they bleach the wig. Now, you know it's going to take time. It's going to, I'm going to go through all the process and all of those things. So that is exactly what was happening. 
So God saw the state of man, which was darkness. Then he said, let there be light. It means that is his promise. That is his spirit. That is what he is going to do to darkness. Are you getting what I'm saying now? If you get into this point, let me see your hands. All right, good. Now, so, because I want you to, I want you to understand so many things. I want your knowledge to broaden. I want you to think. Now, so when he says they heard the voice of the Lord, God's voice from the very beginning has been a voice of promise. God's voice from the very beginning has been a voice of light, his spirit. So now, let's look at Genesis 3. Let's look at Genesis 3. I want us to watch something carefully. In Genesis 3 verse 1, he says, Now, the serpent is going to, you, you're going to, ha, you're going to enjoy Bible study this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> he says, Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden. Verse 2, the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruits of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the trees which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. But God doth know that the day ye eat of, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Look at verse 1 carefully. Let's look at what the devil was doing. It says, he was more subtle than any beast of the field. In verse 2, Duma said unto serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. So, what was happening here? The devil said in verse 3, the very first verse 1, it says, God, as God really said. Now, this is, an, this is a contradiction to God's voice, God's promise. As God really, really said that you should not eat of every tree in the garden. So that was like an hatred and opposition to the truth. In verse 4 and 5, the serpent said, no, you shall not surely die. He lied and he deceived them. So the serpent will be seen in deception, hatred, accusation against God's voice. Now, let me, let me give you a little background on how the Bible was written. Every preacher of the scriptures has their audience. Moses wrote Genesis, right? Right, guys? Now, when Moses wrote Genesis, you were not his intended audience. His intended audience was the Exodus people, the people he took out of Egypt. Those were his church members. Those were the people he is teaching. Are you getting what I'm saying? Those, those were his intended audience. Those were the people he wrote to. If Moses foresaw that you and I in 2022 would be reading his, his writings, he probably would have wrote, written better. But that's God's providence, which we will study later. Now, what was happening? Moses was communicating a truth to his audience about God's reality, about what God is doing from the very beginning. And his audience were agrarian in nation. Agrarian in nature means that is they were farmers, all the knowers, um, trees, let's plant these. 
let's kill this animal, let's do this. That was the audience he was talking to. So now, you know, if I'm teaching in a children's church, I will have to break things down. I don't know if you agree that. Because your audience determines who you are talking to. Right? Right, guys? So now, the audience of Moses determined the writings. Some of you will be wondering, why, are they, why is it that the Bible is not, the, the, it doesn't make, I don't understand it. No, it was because you were not the intentional audience. You, were, you are reading the Bible as a third party. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the Taonomi was not written to you. It was written to the audience of Moses. Are you getting me? So that they will read it when they get to the promised land. So that was why in the book of Joseph, saying this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. What is the book of the law? What Moses has written. So that when they get to the promised land, they are going to start living well. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when he is going to communicate what God is doing, he is going to speak in the language that his audience understand. Is it making sense to you now? So that was why they were talking about a tree. They were talking about a fruit. They were talking about a garden. The garden is physically existence. Was physically in existence. Now look at something before we get to the garden. So, that was why they will use serpents, they will use trees, they will use fruits, because that was what the audience can understand. Now, in 2020, you know, the way we are teaching now in 2023 is going to be different from the way we're going to teach in 2050. Because expand, knowledge would have expanded. We'll probably be having flying cars. We'll probably not have phones again. We'll just tap our hands and things will move, right? You know? In, in, in the 1800s, if they were preaching, there would be nothing like Yahoo Mew. There would be nothing like, you know, the iPhone, the Samsung. Even in the early 90s, there would be nothing like that, right? As, as, far, as at 1992, there would be nobody saying, you know, you know, when you're using iPhone, when you're using Samsung, there will be nobody saying things like that. There will be nobody thinking of streaming service life. Are you getting what I'm saying? But as the world is expanding, knowledge is increasing, the way we are going to explain things will change. So every Bible preacher is an interpreter. Tell your neighbor, say, every Bible preacher, every Bible preacher is an interpreter. So what I am doing today is what Joshua did. Let me tell you. I will show you as we keep progressing in Bible study that the Bible has not changed. It has been the same story from Genesis. Everyone was just interpreting one another to their world. The same thing Paul was doing. That is why, look at how I just walked you through darkness. If you have just stayed in Genesis 1 darkness, you would have thought it was a physical darkness, right? And I showed you several scriptures to make you see that darkness was not physical. Are you seeing it now? So everyone was interpreting the scriptures. So what Moses did, Moses was the first communicator of the scripture. He was schooled. He was learned. That's why education matters sometimes. 
He was schooled. He was learned. So he was able to communicate to his people well. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that knowledge used, he was able to write things down. So when he wants to explain spiritual realities, he explains spiritual realities in a language that they will understand. That is why when we now read that place today, you are now having issues. What's the tree? Did they eat an apple? Did they eat a cashew? Did they eat a, a, a is it a grape? Is it something? No. It is because you were not the original intended audience. Are you seeing how to interpret the scriptures? So when you want to read the scriptures, you will read the scriptures in their word first. Don't start looking for application. That's where a lot of Christians miss it. A lot of Christians are looking for how to apply the word. How, to, how does this one relate to me today? Mm -mm, that's not it. You are not the first audience of the scripture. You, we are third party audience. Are you getting what I'm saying, guys? I don't know if you understand it to this point. Let me see your hands if you do. Good. So now, that's the S. So that's why it seems like there's a lot of imageries. There's a lot of serpents. Can, can a snake talk? Are you getting what I'm saying? So some people brought up a fallacy and said, before, snake is to talk. Now, snake is not talking again. That's not true. That's just a myth. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, it, he has never spoken. But that was how the audience will understand in their world. Does that make sense now? Yeah. Alright. Now, so, so we said in Genesis 1, oh, no, not Genesis 1. We said in Genesis 3 that, and Sarpet was more subtle and all of those things, there was an hatred and opposition to the truth. That is what God said. So, the Satan's issue has always been to oppose the truth of the word that is why there are false religions today that is why there are atheisms there's um, um, agnosticisms there's all of those things what is satan's intention with all of those things to oppose the truth of the word to tell you that what the bible is saying is not true that is what his intention is so all of those things are now packaged in false doctrines all around. So you will now see somebody saying, I'm a Christian, I'm not a Christian, I'm an atheist. Why, what is that? Meaning I oppose God's word. That's the meaning. So when you find, start finding somebody say, I'm not a Christian, I'm an atheist, I'm, a, I'm an agnostic, I'm a this. The meaning is just what like is happening in Genesis 3. As God really said, that's what is happening. They are opposing God's word. All they just need to happen is they just need to be taught. Are you getting what I'm saying, guys? Yes, Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so now, in Genesis 3, he said, Therefore the serpent was seen in deception, hatred, accusation against the voice of the Lord. The serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, but you shall know that in that day your eyes will be opened and you shall be gods, knowing good from evil. So the Satan never meant them good. So, he says, Ye, you shall not surely die. In other words, the genesis of darkness, the genesis of death, the genesis of evil, the genesis of idolatry has been independence. So, what was Moses, what was Adam and Eve craving for? They wanted to be independent. They didn't want God to control their life. 
And that is exactly how false religion starts. I don't want God. I don't want the Holy Ghost. I want to be an atheist. I want to be a Calvinist. I want to be an agnostic. I want to be a different strange religion. A religion without Christ. So, that, he told them, you shall not surely die. But look at something. Did they not die? They died spiritually. But they didn't die physically. So, some of you can read that scripture now and say, he was right. No, he wasn't right. So, the serpent's emphasis was, you shall not. That is, you will eat of your eyes shall, you shall be. So, the genesis of darkness... The genesis, I mean the beginning of darkness, the beginning of death, the beginning of evil, the beginning of idolatry has been independence. To please and satisfy yourself outside the voice of God. Let me tell you the truth. All other religions, all other beliefs, all they crave for and seek for is for independence. A belief outside what God is saying. It has been since Genesis. So when you see people having strange beliefs today, you know, religion is the, is the toughest conversation to have in the United States of America. I don't know if you agree. The, the, concept, the concept of religion is the toughest conversation to have in the United States of America. Because a lot of people believe, it is my choice. It is my, it is my choice. How is that your choice? All right. So now, from Moses' explanation, Adam did not hearken to the voice of God. We can say that same light. We remember we said the promise is the light, right? So Adam did not hearken. You know, God saw the darkness and God promised light. It was saying Adam did not believe in that promise that God wanted. Adam did not believe. Adam did not hearken to the voice of the Lord. He hearkened to the voice of the serpent. What if told her and all of those things. And Eve hearkened to the voice of serpent rather than the voice of God. So if you read in Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, to hearken to the voice of God is life. It is light. Why hearkening to his voice, which is to hearken to the voice of serpent, is darkness. When you are not acting to the voice of the Lord, you are acting to darkness. Now, let's look at some scriptures. Look at the voice of the Lord in Exodus 3 verse 18. We, have to, we, we want to be fast. Let's do a speed down. Are you getting to me? Let's do a speed roll now. Let's, we have a lot of scriptures to look at because we want to get somewhere to know this morning. I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to build my foundation. Hallelujah. But are you seeing where false doctrines come from? False religions come from? From Genesis, as God really said. So you will find the Mormons create their own Bible, as God really said. You find you, Jehovah Witness, turn certain things, as God really said. Are you contrary opinion to God's word? Look at Exodus 3.18. Let's do a speed dial. Let's do that. It says, and they shall akin. He says, and they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come, and that of the elders of Israel, and the king of Egypt, and ye shall say to them, the Lord thy God of Hebrew, at with us now, 
and let us go beseech thee three days in the wilderness and ye shall and we may sacrifice the Lord our God. It says, and they shall hearken to the voice. Look at Exodus 4 verse 1. Exodus 4 verse 1. We are looking at a lot of scriptures now quickly. Exodus 4 verse 1. It says, and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice. For they will say, the Lord has not appeared to thee. Are you seeing the word voice again? Hearken to my voice again. Now look at in verse 8. Look at verse 8 of that same Exodus 4 verse 8. It says, And it shall come to pass that if they believe thee, neither akin to the voice of the first sign, they will not believe the voice of the later sign. He's using the voice. In verse 9 it says, Two signs neither akin to thy voice. Look at Exodus 15 26. Exodus 15 verse 26. Exodus 15 26. It says, And said, If thou wilt away for you, it says, and he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and we do that which is right in the sight, and will give yet to this commandment, and keep thy statutes, I will put none of this disease on thee, and I brought thee from the Jesus, and the Lord that he led thee. He says, if thou wilt diligently hearken to my voice, or to the voice of the Lord. Look at in Exodus 19 verse 5. So, you look at what we are doing. We are looking at Moses' explanation of the voice. Remember, it's, it's the same audience. The same audience of Genesis is the same audience of Exodus. It's the same audience of Numbers, the Taonomi. Are you getting what I'm saying? So why are we looking at his writing? We are looking at his writing because we are trying to understand what the voice of the Lord means. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That is how to study. You will look at the context of how the writer used his, his expressions. Are you getting me, guys? It, Bible study is an intelligent study. Look at, in, look at in Exodus 19 verse 5. It says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my commandment, you shall be a peculiar people unto me, above all people, for the earth is mine. It says, If you will obey my voice. Look at Exodus 23 verse 21. Exodus 23 21. Exodus 23 verse 21. It says, Be Are you there? Are you guys there? Are you there? Yes, Alright, sir. Beware of him and obey his voice. For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. He says, obey his voice. Look at in Numbers, his writings also. Look at Numbers 14.22. Numbers 14.22. Numbers 14.22. So remember... He used the voice of the Lord repeatedly. And we said to hearken to the voice of God is life, is light, right? And if you don't hearken to his voice, that is death. That is, you have believed the serpent, right? Right, guys? Because in Genesis 2, remember in Genesis 3, he said, as God really said. Remember, God already told them something. That is his voice. The serpent now came and said, it as he really said, and they decided to follow serpents. They did not akin to the voice. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Moses now is now using that same figurative expression to explain and say, to akin to the voice of the Lord means you have believed his light. So to akin to my voice, what is he saying? Light. If you don't akin to his voice, what is he saying? Death. Darkness. Does it make sense? If it makes sense, let me see your hands. All right, good. Now, 
So look at in Exodus in Numbers 14, verse 22. Numbers 14, verse, it says, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in wilderness have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice. So we can say they've not believed the light, right? They've not believed the promise, right? Right, guys? All right, look at Deuteronomy 4, verse 30. Deuteronomy 4, verse 30. Deuteronomy 4, verse 30. Is it making sense to you guys? Is it making sense? All right, look at Deuteronomy 4, verse 30. It says, When thou art in tribulation, and these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient to his what? To his what? So that shows if you are obedient to his voice, you have believed the gospel, right? You have believed his promise, right? You have believed his spirit, right? But if you don't obey his voice, darkness, right? Death, right? You believe the serpent, right? Right, guys? Right? All right. Look at Deuteronomy 8, verse 20. Deuteronomy 8, verse 20. It says, as the... Are you there, guys? I'll wait for you. Deuteronomy 8, 20. Is everybody there? Is everybody there? Now, let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. Uh, let's, I'll wait for you. I'll wait for everyone to be there. Is everyone there? All right. The town of me between. Let's. Perish. Just like the same thing we are reading in John 3, verse 16. Are you seeing it? I mean, who can quote John 3, 16? So that means believing the gospel is what? Believing the voice. Right? Yes. Right, guys? Yes, Look at in Deuteronomy 9, verse 23. Deuteronomy 9, 23. It says, Likewise, when the Lord sent you to, from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and possess the land which I have given you, then ye rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God, and ye believed not, nor akin to his words. We can say his spirit, right? We can say his light, right? We can say his promise, right? Look at Deuteronomy 13, verse 4. Deuteronomy 13, verse 4. So, Adam did not hearken to that voice. Adam hearkened to the voice of the devil. Are you seeing that Adam, all those literal tree, free, um, fruits, all of those things, they are just a figurative expression to communicate something to us. Right? We're going to get there. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to explain it. Deuteronomy 13 verse 4. Let's read it together. I want to ready go. It says you will obey his voice. Obey his voice, you mean you will obey his light, right? His promise. Alright, look at in verse 18. 18 it says when thou shalt hearken to the voice of the lord thy god to keep his commandment which i commanded this day to do that which is right in the eyes of the lord thy god he's talking about the voice again look at the Deuteronomy 30 verse 2 the Deuteronomy 30 verse 2 the Deuteronomy 30 verse 2 He says, and thou shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice. 
according to that which have commanded thee, that thou thy children and thy art are with all thy soul. In verse 10, you will see, it says, If thou shalt hearken to the voice of thy Lord thy God, to keep his commandments, which are written in the book of the law, and turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. You see in verse 20, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, and to cleave unto him, for he is life. And the length of thy days which thou mayest dwell in the land of the Lord, swear unto thy fathers of Abraham, of Isaac, Jacob, and to give them. So he says, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God, so to hearken to the voice of the Lord your God is to believe his promise, right? To, why to not hearken to the voice of the Lord is to disobey, that is, unbelief to the promise, right? Right, guys? So Moses wrote to the same audience, don't forget, who were in Ezra, who, from who were in Ezra, Israel people who were in Ezra, and they were delivered from bondage. And he was explaining that hearken or disobeying, or obeying, sorry, hearken or obeying God's voice is to have life. That is, and not to hearken is to have death, or is to choose death. Look at Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, very key. 30 verse 19. Look at what Moses said. Let's read it together, everybody. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. Lift your voice. One, two, ready, go. Look at in verse 20. Big God, voice. Can you see that if you read Genesis 2, verse 16 to 17, Genesis 3, 1 to 15, it is the same thing Moses is saying in Deuteronomy 30. I wonder if you agree. The same thing he's saying again. So the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis 2 and 3 can be understood as a figural or parabolic expression of Moses' explanation on God's promise to his audience. So in other words, it suffice for us to say that Moses taught the children of Israel with the story of Adam and Eve, how a man and a woman decided not to hearken into the voice of the Lord. Their promise to God or their response to God's promise is to obey, to believe, to have faith, or either to disobey or to be in disbelief. And the consequences of their response is light, if they believe, they will have light. They will have his spirit. They will have life. And if they chose not to believe or if they disobey, death, darkness, evil. Does it make sense, guys? Does it make sense? So, that was why Moses was teaching and saying that the tree of life. Let's go back to Genesis. Let's look at something on the tree of life. Are you learning something? Let's look at the tree of life. Genesis 2. I want us to get to the Garden of Eden this morning. Let's look at the tree of life. Genesis 2 verse 16. Is it making sense? It says, The Lord commanded man, saying, Of every tree 
of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree, in verse 16, thou mayest freely eat. Now, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But look at it in verse 9. Genesis 2 verse 9, it says, Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree, which is pleasant to the sight and is good for food. The tree of life is also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, I know some of you will be thinking, why will God decide to plant a tree inside one place so that he will tempt man? God does not tempt man. So, how many of you have thought like that before? Why did God decide to plant that tree, if he knows that they will still eat it. How many of you have thought like that before? Let me see, let me see if you have thought like that before. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not what he's saying. So, it's evident that God's instruction to Adam to eat the tree of life would result to Adam having life Why God's disobedience or why Adam's disobedience to this instruction is synonymous to death. Now, there's something you must understand. They did not eat the tree of life. Oh. They disobeyed God. But look at something. A lot of us thought it is a physical tree and all of those things. Yes, it could be a physical tree because the garden is a physical garden, but Moses was communicating spiritual realities. What was happening was, God gave man a choice and that's free will. Man has always had a choice from the onset. And that choice is that he can choose which one to choose. God did not create robots. A lot of us used to think that, why can God just not do this? Since he created the world, he can just... No. <laughs> so we're going to, one thing we're going to study is the sovereignty of God as the years progress. A lot of us think he can just say, now, let it appear. Let this one just change. Can't it just upturn? No. He created man to have his choice. If he wanted Adam to, hope you know that God could have just turned it and made Adam. Believe it. Right? He created him now. He could just have, oh yeah, there's no evil choice for you. Just choose only life and life. But that's not the God we serve. That is why Today, some people can wake up and say, I want to kill everybody. And God will not stop it. Some say, but he can just stop it. He can just stop it. No, he can't. So there are some things that God cannot do. A lot of us will say, what God cannot do does not exist. It's true. That's in a contest. But there are some things he cannot do. He cannot stop your decision. He can't. He did not stop Adam. He did not stop Cain. He even warned Cain. When Cain wanted to kill Abel. He said, sin light at your door. Cain did not listen. Cain went to kill Abel. There are some things God cannot do. He created man to make his choice. That's why Moses said, I put before you life and darkness. But Moses was saying, please choose life. <laughs> but they did not choose it. They all perished in the wilderness. They perished in the wilderness. So man has choice. 
Just like you had a choice not to be in service today and your head did not cut off. So, do you know the beauty about it? Is that you now decided to choose God. That is what he wants. He wants you to freely choose him. He wants you to open your heart and say, I believe what is promised. When the gospel is being taught to you, he wants you to say, I believe this promise by myself. That is what God wants. God does, did not create robots. There are several strange beliefs today. If you decide to go and follow one, God is not going to pull you back. Are you getting what I'm saying? But let me tell you, the issue has always been that independence and that's what the Satan used on them. That choice is what Satan used on Adam and Eve. He told them, as God really said, don't worry, you will not die, Joe. You will just be like us, knowing good from evil. Independence. Choice. That is, now nobody can control my life. I can, I can do what I want to do. I can, I can, I, I'm not a Christian. And that is what the devil is leveraging on. That thing that God created. Are you following me this morning? So, it, so there was life and death. So Adam ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That is, and he did not, and he was still physically alive. Look at what he said in Genesis 3 verse 9. In Genesis 3 verse 9. Let's start from verse 8. He says, and they heard the voice of the Lord. Remember we just studied voice. He in the garden, in the cool of the day. And Adam hid himself from what? That voice. He has already disobeyed. Are you seeing it now? In verse 9, it now says, The Lord God called Adam and said, Where are thou? Look at verse 10. Look at what Adam said in verse 10. He says, I heard thy voice. Remember, we just studied voice. He said, I heard thy voice and I was afraid and I hid myself. I was naked. And look at what he said in verse 11. He says, Who told thee that thou was naked? As thou eating of the tree, which whereof I have commanded thee that you should not eat. The word commanded thee that you should not eat. Look at Genesis 5, verse 5, to let you know that Adam did not. Genesis 5. He says, And all the days that Adam lived was 930 years, and he died. He didn't die immediately. Nine. You know, someone to live now 130 years. Meaning, if he was born, ah, if he was born in 1900, he was still, I mean, uh, Ma, Noah, calculate the mass for me. What's this? No, I'm, I want to look at backwards. So if he's born, when he was born, backwards. 2023 minus 930. Yeah. Eh? 1100 years ago. So if he was born 1100 years ago, he will still be alive now. He will have gone through several generations. So he will have had great, great, grand, 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 grand children. 
<laughs> That's long give it to you. This is not 60 years that we are talking about. Too. He said, ah, he tried. You know, in our today's world now, he said, 60 years, he tried. What is he waiting for? In fact, I, I did a research one time. They said, the lifespan in America is within seven. Once you have lived 65 to 72, you are good to go. I don't know if you have re, I've seen that research before. They say, if you have lived 65 to 72, you are good to go. Ah, no mule. <laughs> so he lived long. Evil had several children. Look at Genesis 4 verse 1. He had several children. Genesis 4 verse 1. And Adam knew his wife, and he conceived and bare Cain, and, and she said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. In verse 2, he says, And she began, and she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In verse 4, he says, And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of the flock and all of those things. So he had children. Even in verse 25, Genesis 4, verse 25, he said, I don't knew his wife again. She bare his son and his name Seth. For God said, He has appointed me another seed of Abel who came slew. In Genesis 5, verse 3, Anna lived 130 years and begat a son. 130 years, men are still giving birth. <laughs> so he lived long. So it wasn't about a physical. Are you saying that this thing is not physical life? Are you seeing it now, guys? Are you saying that this is not about if you choose life, you will live all of those things? Have God really said you will die? No, it's not physical. It's a spiritual reality. Because evil said also began, all his children became, started multiplying. And those started to explain spirit. So life and death in the scriptures explain spiritual reality. They were not lead, they were not physical. In John 1 verse 10 to 12, it says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. He says he came to his own and his own received him not. So life has always been spiritual reality. It is not physical. Are you getting what I'm saying? In John 10, sorry, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So life in the scripture and death in the scripture has been a spiritual reality. So life is synonymous to light. The spirit of God. The word of God. By faith in God's word. When a man receives life. So in John 3 verse 16 when he says, For God so loved his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him will not perish. That's not physical perish. But have everlasting what? It's not physical. Are you seeing it now, guys? It has not been physical. It's not saying that you will live long. No, it's a spiritual reality. Are you seeing how to read the scriptures now? Are you seeing it? So it has never. It is. It is. So the Bible is not. You have to know the difference. So death is synonymous to darkness, evil. The absence of light, the absence of the Spirit of God, that is when an unbelief to his voice. In Hebrews 4, in Hebrews 4, Hebrews 4, look at what the writer of Hebrews says. Or let's look at verse 3. Hebrews 4, Hebrews 4, Hebrews 3, sorry. Hebrews 4, 3, 15. Hebrews 3.15, sorry, not 4.15. Hebrews 
Look at what the writer of Hebrews said. He says, while it is said today, if ye hear his voice, adding not your heart as in the day of provocation. So can we say the voice is the gospel? Right? So that means when we preach the gospel to people, what are we doing? We are making men hear his voice. So when I preach the gospel, you are hearing God's voice through my lips. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because we are born again. So anyone that re rejects your voice, they've rejected life. Are you guys seeing it now? Anyone that believes your voice, they have everlasting life. Because God has made man his vessels to use. To proclaim that voice. So are you seeing that we are still teaching the same thing from Genesis? Are you seeing it now? The Bible has been the same. So now what about the Garden of Eden? Let's look at this then we'll close for today. Are you ready? Alright, look at the Garden of Eden. Let's just look at it. We'll put a peg here. I'm, we are still trying to build though. We are, still, we, are still, we are still in foundation. Genesis 2 verse 8. It says, The Lord God planted man. Genesis 2 verse 8. It says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Aden, where he formed man. And whom he had formed, sorry. So Moses said, God put man in, his, in the garden which he planted in Eden. And Eden was, or the garden was a place in Eden. Now in Genesis 2 verse 15, look at in verse 15. He says, the Lord God took the man he has put in the garden of Eden to keep it and dress it. In verse 9, he says, out of the ground which the Lord made, grew to grow trees and pleasant to the sight for food and tree of life and the garden, tree of knowledge of good and all of those things. So and we already said life and darkness, good and evil, all of those things, we already understand it now, right? Light, death, all of those things. Now, so Moses thought that to explain the state of man again, to believe the voices and all of those things. So when he says tree of or eat of and all of those things, they were consequences of mass action. That is, Moses was explaining mass action. So he said, if, if you, the tree of, the, the, to eat of, I'm going to explain this maybe next week. Now, so to eat of the tree of life, we said it's already faith and obedience. And not to eat of the tree of life is eating of the knowledge of good and evil. We said that already. Now, observe carefully in Genesis 2 verse 10. It says, And a river out of Eden, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted, and it became into four heads. Now, in verse 11, it now says, And the name of the first is Pishon, that which compassed the whole land of Avila, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bethelon and the oil stone. And the name of the second river is Gion. And the same is that which compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. In verse 14, it now says, And the name of the third river is Idekel, that which goeth into towards the east of Assyria, which is the fourth is Euphrates. In verse 15, it now says, And the Lord God took man and put him 
to dress the, the to to put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Now look at Moses' explanation. Eden is a place that had a geographical location. That's the truth. Eden is a place that has a geographical location. Eden existed physically in history. A lot of people will tell you, oh, there's no, there is a place called Eden on this earth. There are other lands he mentioned that explains it. He mentions Abila, Ethiopia, Syria. Let's look at because the Bible will explain the Bible. I've always taught you that in this church. Scriptures will explain scriptures. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now look at Genesis 25, verse 20. Genesis 25, 18. Look at something there. Let's look at Avila, for instance. You know, in verse 11, Genesis 2, 11, it says, The whole land of Avila, right? There is good. Now look at Genesis 25, verse 18. It says, and they dwelt from and died in the presence of the brethren. Are you seeing it? It's a place that existed. Are you seeing it now, guys? Look at First Samuel fifteen seven. First Samuel fifteen verse seven. First Samuel fifteen verse seven. I'll wait for you. So, most let me tell you what Moses was doing. Moses picked, it's like saying, we are in Rochester, New York now, and I'm explaining to you guys what happened in Manhattan. You know, Manhattan is big, there's Madison Square Garden, there's this Times Square, New York, and all of those things, and it's so fine. Are you getting what I'm saying? Moses picked that explanation of their day and say, look at Edeno. Let me, it's like saying, I'm talking to children. And I'm trying to explain to children so that they will understand. And I'm using what they can see to explain spiritual realities. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's what he was doing. He, was, he picked a geographical location of their day to explain that, see guys, there was a fine place that God planted man. And man decided to disobey God. Man decided, are you getting what I'm saying? That's what he did. Just like we can say Las Vegas. What's the most beautiful city in America? Las, we can say Las Vegas, right? Cali, we can say Cali, Cali, LA, yeah. So it's just like saying, guys, look at LA. There are some people years ago that God planted in LA, Adam, Eve, they disobeyed God, they, they hide a tree just so that his audience will understand. But that garden existed in reality. Eden is a place, it's a geographical location. Look at first, first somewhere. I say first Corinthians. First Samuel 15:7. Now first Samuel 15:7. First Samuel, are you there now? Let's read it together. Let's go. One, two, ready, go. From where? So you are you seeing that Avila is a place? Are you seeing it now, guys? It says from Avila unto thou came a shore, which is over. Now let's go back to our Genesis 2. Let's pick out those places carefully. Let's go back to Genesis 2. Genesis 2 verse 11, he says, The name of the first is Pishon, which compassed the land of Avila where there is good. You just see, you just saw where I showed you Avila now, right? Now look at in the next one. He says, And that gold, so that shows there was gold in the land. It was a rich place, a wealthy area. That location is like where rich people say, just like saying, uh, What's that popular estate in Cali where rich people stay? Beverly Hills. 
So that's how he was explaining it to those his audience. Uh, in verse 12, and the gold of that land is good. And the Bedilon and the oil stone. In that sense, the name of the second river is Gion. And it is the same that encompassed throughout the land of Ethiopia. Now look at 2 Kings 19 verse 9. Let's look at Ethiopia again. 2 Kings 19 9. To show you that that place existed in, in, in um, reality. 2 Kings 19 9. He says, and when he has, are you there, guys? Second Kings 19.9. Are you enjoying this, guys? He says, and when he had said to Thekaha, the king of Ethiopia, behold, he's come to fight. So that means they had a king in that place. Look at in Esther 1 verse 1. Esther. Esther 1 verse 1. Esther 1 verse 1. Are you, are you there? I'll wait for you. You must be used to opening the Bible. You must. <laughs> Are you there now? Yes, Esther 1 verse 1. You there now? Alright, it says, Now it came to pass in the days of Assyrus, which reigned, it says, this is Assyrus, which reigned over India unto Ethiopia, a place. Are you seeing it, guys? Look at Esther 8 verse 9. Esther 8 verse 9. Esther 8 verse 9. You see, it says, There were the king's tribe, scribes called at that time in the third month and in the month of Sivan and three and twentieth day thereof. And it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews and unto the lineage, Lusanat, and the deputies and rulers of the provinces that are from India unto where? Ethiopia. A place. Job 28. Verse 19. So, are you seeing that there was a physical location called Eden? Are you seeing it now? So, what was Moses used? So, it's just like how we teach today in school and they explain a physical reality, but with that physical reality, I am communicating internal truths. I'm just, it's not like say, telling you that there was in, in Beverly Hills, California, some two guys dwelled there and they disobeyed God. Are you seeing what Moses was doing? Are you understanding Moses' writings now? That's what he was doing. So, because a lot of people used to think, that place is, where is that place? Hidden. It's outskirts of this world. No. Mm -mm. Suppose he even said, you can't even go there again. That will get there. Maybe not today, but next week. <laughs> Job 28, verse 19. Job 28, 19, are you there? It says, The thoughts of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall he be valued with pure gold. He was ascribing something to that location. Psalm 38, verse 31. Psalm 68, sorry, verse 31. Let's just be fast. I need to open. We have a lot of scriptures to open. Psalm 68, verse 31. And my time is fast spent. Princes shall come out of Egypt. Ethiopia shall soon stretch out of the hand from God. Psalm 87 verse 4. Psalm 87 verse 4. Psalm 87 verse 4. It says, And I will make mention of Rehab and Babylon, and to know me, behold of Philistia and Thar, with Ethiopia, this man was born there, a physical place. 
Psalm 18, Isaiah 18, sorry. Isaiah 18, verse 1. He says, Woe to the land shadowing the winds, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Isaiah 18, verse 1. Isaiah 20, verse 3. Sorry if you can't catch up. Isaiah 20, verse 3. And the Lord said, Like my servant Isaiah had walked naked barefoot three years for his sign, and he wandered unto Egypt and unto Ethiopia. Verse 5 again of that same Isaiah 20. He says, And they shall be afraid and ashamed of Ethiopia, their expectations and Egypt their glory. Isaiah 37, verse 9. It says, that and the edge and the head say concerning Teka the king of Ethiopia, he is come to make fought war with thee. And he heard it and sent messages to Ezekiah saying, So there was a physical location. Isaiah 43, verse 3. Isaiah 43, verse 3. It says, For I am the old, I am the Lord thy God, the only one of Israel thy Savior. I gave Egypt. For thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. 45, Isaiah 45 verse 15. Sorry. Isaiah 45 verse 14. It says, Thus hear the Lord, the labor of Egypt and the Macedonians of Ethiopia. Ezekiel 29 verse 10. Ezekiel 29 verse 10. Behold, therefore, I am against thee, against the rivers. I will waste the land of Egypt. Utterly waste the desolate and the tower of Serene, even unto the border of Ethiopia. Ezekiel 30, verse 4. Ezekiel 30, verse 4. I'm sure you are putting this text down. Ezekiel 30, verse 4. And the sword shall come upon Egypt, and a great pain shall be in Ethiopia. Ezekiel 38, verse 5. Ezekiel 38, verse 5. <laughs> Church is Bible study. Are you hearing that? Are you hearing me? Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, with them, all of them with shield and ailment. Nahum 39. <laughs> so it says Nahum in the Bible. Nahum 3 verse 9. Are you there? I know you are not there. Don't worry. It says Ethiopia and Egypt were put where our strength and it was infinite. Zephaniah 3. Zephaniah 10. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliant, even the daughters of my dispatch, shall bring my offering. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, are you seeing that Ethiopia and the word Ethiopia translated from the Hebrew word Kush? The word Ethiopia is translated from the Hebrew word Kush. And Kush is used, Kush, K U K U S U. Don't let, me, don't let me bother you with that, but let me bother you. <laughs> the word Ethiopia is translated from the Hebrew word K-U-S-H, Kosh. And it was translated as Kush in some King James Bible, C-U. You will see it some places as C-U-H-S. You will see it in some translations as K-U-H-S, the word Ethiopia in the, in the Hebrew. You will see that in Genesis 10. Look at Genesis 10 verse 6. Genesis 10 verse 6. Ah, you have to love the Bible in this church. Hallelujah. Genesis 10 verse 6. It says, And the sons of Cush and Miriam, that Cush now is 
Ethiopia, the sons from the people of Ethiopia. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm expanding your knowledge now in, in scriptures. Look at 1 Chronicles 1 verse 8. You will see the same thing again. So, it, so some, some writers, some King James Version, you have it as K. I'm not in your translation, you have it as KUS. Let me see. If you have it as K, your mind, I have it as CUS. CUS, CUSH. Some has it as KUS. First Chronicles 1 8. Look at First Chronicles 1 verse 8. First Chronicles 1 verse 8. It says, The sons of Am, Cush, and Mirza, Put, and Canaan. That's Ethiopia again. Isaiah 11, 11. It says, And it shall come to pass that in the day the Lord shall set his hand against the second time to recover the remnant which he left from Assyria, Egypt, Pathos, and from Cush. That Cush is Ethiopia. Does that make sense? So when you read, sometimes you, they have those issues in the scriptures because of um, translations and all of those things. Now let's go back to our Genesis 2. Now, we've settled Ethiopia, we settled our villa, right? Right, guys? That is a physical place, just to show you that. We went through all those journey, and we are still going to go through more quickly, to show you that Eden is a physical location. Look at it, let's go back to our Genesis 2, verse 10. It says, out of the river of Eden, out of the river of Eden, to the water of the, to water the garden, out of the river went out to Eden to water the garden, and thence it was parted to became forehead. And the first was Pishon, which compassed around the land of Avila. We settled that in verse 13. We now said the old land of Ethiopia. We settled that right now in verse 14. It says the third river is Ikedel, which went throughout the east of Assar, Assar, uh, Assyria, and the fourth river is Euphrates. Now, Assyria. Let's do another one. Are you ready? Yes, Genesis 25, 18. <laughs> How many of you are enjoying this? So I say, no, just call the text and let's go. See it. <laughs> see it yourself. Let's see it yourself. <laughs> Genesis 25, verse 18. Genesis 25, verse 18. You should be there. And they dwelt in the land of As Avila, sure, that is before Egypt, that goeth towards where? Assyria. Look at 2 Kings 15, 19. 2 Kings 15:19. I'm only showing you that that place is what? A physical location. Are you seeing it now? Someone say, I believe it, I believe it already. Don't show me again. <laughs> no, I will show you. <laughs> 2 Kings 15:19. And Paul, the king of Assyria. You see, a king. If for them to have a king, it means it is a place. Are you getting what I'm saying? The king of Assyria. Now, look at in, um, if you read down, you will see in um, verse 20 also, the king of Assyria. So the, so, the king of Assyria in verse 20, you see all of those things again. You see in verse 29, um, you see verse 29, and carry them captive to Assyria. Are you seeing it now? First Chronicles, First Chronicles 5, 6. First Chronicles 5, 6. So, I said, don't show me, don't show me, don't show me. I will show you. First Chronicles 5, 6. Because when you teach the word, you must leave people with no doubt. Are you getting what I'm saying? First Chronicles 5 verse 6. It says, Beria the son, Thigla, and the king of Assyria. For there to be a king, it shows it's a place. Are you getting what I'm saying, guys? 
You read in verse 26 of that same place. It says, The king of Israel stood up and put Paul, P-U-H-Paul, the king of Assyria again. In 2 Chronicles 28.16, 2 Chronicles 28.16, it says, And at that time did the Azza and the king of Assyria to help them. In 21, he says, And he gave it to the king of Assyria. Ezra 6.22. Ezra, not Ezra. Ezra 6.22. Wow, it's like Ezra has rushed in my Bible. Ezra 6.22. Who is there? Ah. Me, raptured in my own Bible. Okay, found it. Good. Ezra 6.22. He says, and kept the feast of the, you say, and turned the heart of the king of where? Assyria. Now, just because of our time, put this down. Nehemiah 9.32, Isaiah 7.17 to 20. Isaiah 7.17 to 20. Jeremiah 2.8. Ezekiel 23.7, look at it. Ezekiel 23.7. Ezekiel 23, 7. And she committed our wardoms with them, with all that were chosen men of Assyria. So people were from that place of Assyria. Hosea 7, 11. Mike, Micah 5, verse 6. Micah 5, 6. Micah 7, 12. Nahum 3, 18. Zephaniah 2.13, Zechariah 10 to 12, Zechariah 10 to 11. So we've seen just like Avilia, Ethiopia, which we can also say Kosh also, right? We've seen Assyria were physical places with geographical locations known in history. So Eden, Eden is a physical place known in history. It's a physical place. It's a physical place. Look at in Genesis. Look, look, look at another way to see that Eden was a physical place. Look at in Genesis 4 verse 16. Look at how they explained Eden again. So I don't want you to see it as... Now, I'm going to teach you another thing again as we progress it here. Maybe we'll do it as part two or series two of this. The supernatural world contest of this garden. So we see it in two lights. We are seeing it as a physical location now in this in this series. We will now see the supernatural world contest of that garden later. Does that make sense? That's later, not now. Genesis four verse sixteen, it says, "And came the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of where, on the east of where Eden, a physical place. So Eden is a physical place. Look at Second Kings nineteen twelve. 2 Kings 19.12 2 Kings 19.12 2 Kings 19 verse 12 Are you there? Yes, 
away for you on this one. 2 Kings 19.12 He says, is everybody there? He says, have the gods of the nation delivered them with my, which, which my, delivered them which my fathers have destroyed as Gozan and Aran and Resfed and the children of Eden. So that shows, for them to be say children of Eden, it means children of a physical location. Are you seeing it, guys? Look at Isaiah 37 verse 12. Isaiah 37 verse 12. So I'm showing you that Eden is a physical location, but Moses used a physical location to communicate towards spiritual realities. Isaiah, look at um, Isaiah 37 verse 12. Is everybody there? Isaiah 37 verse 12. He says, As the gods of delivered them to their fathers are destroyed, children of Eden again. Children of Eden. You also see in Ezekiel 6.35. Ezekiel 6.35. So, one thing you must understand with the Bible is, the Bible will always explain the Bible. Are you seeing it now, guys? Are you seeing it, guys? Ezekiel 6.35. Ezekiel 6.35. <laughs> Sorry. Ezekiel. Ah, oh no, I miss, I'm missing a detail out here. I'm missing a detail out here. Let's go to Joel 2. We'll, we'll, I'll get that for you next week. I'm missing a detail out there. I'll get it for you next week. Ezekiel, Joel 2, 3. Joel 2, 3. Joel 2, 3. Joel 2, 3. It says, a fire devoured them, right? And behind them, a flame burned as the land of the garden of what? Before them. And behind them was a desolate wilderness, yea, and all of those things. So, it's a physical location. So now, Amos 1 verse 5. Let's look at that. Amos 1 verse 5. Amos. Are you there? He says, I will break. I will break. The, I will also break also the Damascus. And cut off the habitats from the plain. And from there ordered the scripture from the house of Eden. He used the house of Eden. So now, so we said, Eden is a place in history. But it was a very beautiful place. Does that make sense? That had a geographical location. So, we'll con so, one of the things we'll pick up from here, we'll we're going to pick it up from here next week. We're not done with this series. We're going to pick it up from here next week and we're going to see. We are, just, we are just laying a foundation. Are you getting me, guys? Because I want to walk you through what happened in Genesis. It says in Genesis 1, let there be light. So, don't forget, God planted man in his garden just the same way you and I and say we are in Rochester today. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, and 
a voice came to us saying, believe the gospel. As I begin to close, in Genesis 2 verse 8 to 15, we've, we're this, we've settled it now. It says, in, it says, the Lord planted man in the garden, eastward, and all of those things. And he put man to, it says, and he put man to, to, to dress the garden. So we said Eden is a beautiful location which the audience have known. The audience know the place, just like you, me and you know Beverly Hills in Cali. Same way you and I have been planted by God in this location. Some of you may be thinking, oh, uh, I just happened here by chance. Well, you happened here by chance also. The same way Adam and Eve happened to be in the garden by chance. And they are in that same location. The same voice they heard is speaking to us today. Hebrews 13, Hebrews 3, verse 15 say, it says today, when you adding, when you acting, look at Hebrews 3 as we close on this. Getting started on this series. And we are just trying to lay a foundation. I, I believe I'm going to break this series into two parts. In Hebrews 3 verse 15, it says, While it is said, Today, if ye hear his voice, adding not your hearts as in the day of provocation. So just like God, man, Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden, you and I are in Rochester, New York today. And that voice is still speaking. When somebody comes to you and preach, that's the voice. When you go and preach the gospel to someone, they are hearing the same voice. And when they hear the voice, it is two things. It is either they believe, that if they believe, they have the promise of Genesis, right? The promise of let there be light. They have the same promise. That's the life. And that promise contains life, is spirit. But if they chose not, they stay in darkness. Darkness have death, evil, and darkness. Are you seeing it? So when he says, let there be light, it is not a once and for all thing. It is still happening in 2023. Does that make sense? So when you and I is preaching the gospel, I will say, we are giving men the same promise that Adam had. Hallelujah. Are you getting this now? So just like Adam and Eve were planted in a garden, your friends have been planted in whatever school they are, whatever location they are into. They are walking there, just like Adam and Eve was dressing the place. Right? They are walking there, you are schooling, you are living your life there. And he says, they eat themselves from the voice. Many of your friends today are hiding from that voice. They are running away from the voice of the gospel. So he says, this is the same message. First John 1 verse 5. We'll look at this and we'll close. Is this making sense? First John 1 verse 5. 1 John 1 verse 5. He says, This then is the message we have heard of him. And to declare. Are you there? I wait for you. We 
one of the things we will study next week we're going to study what it means that what is we're going to study how did they why did they drive man away from the garden what did he mean what does driving man away from the garden mean what does all of those things mean what does the lose of your voice what does it mean we're going to study all of that we're going we're still going to study more look at in first john 1 verse 5 it says this then is the message that we've heard of him and to declare to you that god is light and in him there is no darkness at all if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth but if we walk in the light let us ease in the light we have fellowship with one another the blood of jesus cleanses us all from all our sins glory to god so when i preach the gospel today i am con i am still speaking let there be light does it make sense to you now when you preach the gospel today, you are still uttering God's voice. Let there be light. So let there be light did not just, it doesn't mean, hmm, algae turn on the light. No. When he now says, and there was light, it means they have believed the gospel. They've accepted my voice. They did not refuse my voice. So what happened to Adam and Eve? They rejected the light of the gospel. And they walked in darkness. Blessed. Yes, Blessed. Just lift your hands where you are and just worship him. Just thank him. Thank him because you have received the light.